1: Your daily news source when it comes to the Atlanta Braves is part of the Talking Chop podcast network, but I'm here and happy to correct myself in this instance. It's not the Atlanta Braves. It's the fourth time in a row in L East division champ, Atlanta Braves. And for the ability to celebrate a monumentous occasion, I am glad to welcome a special guest, fellow Talking Chop member, fellow Talking Chop podcaster, one of the best when it comes to Braves country, Mr. Eric Cole. Eric, how are you doing this evening, sir?
2: I'm doing well. I'm pretty sure that you might find some folks who would take some issue out there that I would say I'm among the best in Braves country. But I do appreciate the kind words, and I'm glad to make the appearance on the show. Uh, when we added the Daily Hammer to the feed um, um, a while ago, uh, I all of a sudden had a podcast on the feed that I uh, didn't make an appearance on, so I wanted to make sure that we got that cleared out. And also, I'm really just happy just to be on the show and talk to you. It's my
1: pleasure, and can say the same as well. And, and it's fun to celebrate, of course. Eric, you know, himself, obviously, you know, is part of the Talking Chop podcast network, the Road to Atlanta podcast. Unbelievable job to him and the rest of the Talking Chop crew when it comes to coverage of the minor league, the Talking Chop podcast, battery power. So many things to check out at Talking Chop at the end of the show. We'll make sure to tell you where to check them all out. But Eric, there's a reason why we're here, and it's the Braves once again being division champs, I know if you've been following them for the past quarter century, that's become kind of the norm. But this time around, it's a bit more special with the road that it took the Braves to get here. But they arrived, and they're once again division champs.
2: Yeah, I mean the twenty twenty one season has been kind of a roller coaster ride. You know, you they start off slow, and then they feel it feels like that the they're gonna have to be chasing down the Mets, and they finally start coming around a little bit. They start inching back towards five hundred. And then you lose Ronald Acuna Jr. Obviously, the both the injury too, as well as the subsequent arrest of uh, Marcelo Zuna, and then finding out that M- Mike Soroka has re-ruptured his Achilles tendon. There was a lot of downs, especially towards the middle parts of the season. Um, a lot of people, including myself, thought that this Braves team was all but cooked in the division. Uh, fortunately, some help from the Mets and the Phillies uh, allowed them to get back in it. But a couple really big runs, including right here at the end of the season, Uh, got them back into the hunt, and then they ultimately put them away. And, I mean, the Braves completely outclassed a Phillies team that was desperate to be able to win to stay in the division race, and they absolutely outclassed them in this series. So uh, it's definitely a really fun night. It's been a lot of fun to watch, and I'm really looking forward to see what they do against the Brewers.
1: And so obviously everybody points to the trade deadline, Eric, as to really be at the turning point of the season when we basically remade our outfield. Jorge Soler, Eddie Rosario, Jock Peterson, Adam Duvall can't forget Richard Rodriguez all of them certainly have contributed but Eric before we get into the players specifically if you look back over the past few months since this team retooled itself basically you know became a new version of itself a better version of itself is there one moment where it kind of clicked in your mind that listen all year long I felt like that it's just not there this year but at this time can you remember a specific moment where you were like okay this could turn around. We could make this work. Do you recall a moment where that really stood out over the past few months?
2: I wouldn't call it a moment, but after the trade deadline, when all those pieces were in place and they had a really tough stretch of games, uh, particularly along West Coast Road Trip, which seemed like it was going to be a, a murderer's row, and they came out of that playing well, and then they went on that crazy run where they won something like 16 games in twenty out of 20, and all of a sudden they were not only just to 500, but they were like running down the Mets and the Phillies. It was a it was a remarkable turnaround. Now sustaining that level of success wasn't ever gonna you know happen for for longer than about that long. But at the same time, they put themselves in a position to let these other teams make mistakes. And you know the the Mets did what the Mets do, and that is collapse and you know just not being able to hold on to a lead. And they they turned out to be probably one of the worst teams in the division in the second half of the season. And the Phillies just weren't able to match the Braves. So uh, if I'm looking at a particular point in time, it's kind of that stretch. Right after the trade deadline, where it would be very easy for this team to fold up shop, especially given the level of competition they were up against. And instead, they really held their own and then they went on that run. So it's like that stretch of games where everyone's like, I started thinking that maybe this was possible.
1: And we talk about a moment, but there's also several specific players who have been huge. Adam Duvall returning to Atlanta, being the heroic hitter at times that he could be. Jock Peterson and Eddie Rosario stepping up. But Eric, I could pinpoint two players. One that made such a transition in April and has been just such a consistent source of success in Austin Riley. And then, of course, Jorge Soler, when he arrived in Atlanta, becoming a completely different version of himself, a patient hitter. Cutting down the strikeouts, the power remaining, but being disciplined, being a productive leadoff hitter, the all-year contributions of Riley and Jorge Soler, especially becoming a special version of himself since the deadline, those two really stand out. Obviously, it's uh, it's kind of awesome that both of them homered tonight in the division-clinching win
2: absolutely you know Jorge doesn't certainly hit cheap home runs and that hasn't been the case throughout the entirety of his career but it's been great seeing on him getting on base at a regular clip he seems like he really kind of adds a a really great dynamic to the Braves lineup he certainly has his stretches where he's you know not exactly the most productive but he's very dangerous and I think that other teams are very aware of him and that again that lengthens your lineup and at the top of the lineup he he draws walks he's been getting on base I don't want him necessarily you know stealing bases or trying to you know Go from second to home on, you know, a, a sharply hit ball to the right field or something like that. But you know, in terms of like what you want from your uh, your leadoff hitter, which is just getting on base and being able to kind of create those runs as opposed to just only relying on the long ball. That's actually been pretty helpful, surprisingly, considering that's not exactly what I think the Braves were looking for when they traded for him. But I mean, and Austin Riley, you know, I, I've long thought very highly of Austin ever since his time. Uh, And when he was drafted and he went off in rookie ball, just every level he went at, he was at, he made adjustments to and just turned out and dominated and really kind of got to show out. What kind of how that level of strength he has in that swing, the power he has, Uh, I would have lost all the money in my bank account though, betting on him having a hitting 300 in the season. And again, having a guy who hits two sixty and still hits 30 plus home runs, that's a big deal. But when all of a sudden he turns into a guy where his his hit tools like playing is like above average or even a little bit more this year, you know, it just kind of shows the work that he's put in and has exceeded everyone's expectations. And it's been really a sight to see. And that's
1: the thing that stands out. You know, when you come into this season, um, Eric, you know, you look at the pitching staff and, you know, I think you kind of look at the crown jewel of the Braves pitching staff, you know, Before his injury, at least, it was Mike Soroka. You look at this lineup, the crown jewel, obviously, is Ronald Acuna Jr. You're without Soroka, unfortunately, for the entire season. You know, Acuna Jr., obviously, you know, going down right at the All-Star break. But what is also really special, not just for this year, but also for the future, is the supporting cast stepping up. Ozzy obviously, showing a power display we've not seen before. The same with Dansby Swanson. Austin Riley stepping up and delivering. I'm not saying that the injuries are what, Caused that but the special thing about all this is that yes this year it was more needed than ever but now you've got this to build on with at least Ronald coming back and hopefully Soroka in time but also Waskar and Ian Anderson in the um, rotation so many of our young guys stepped up to a new level this year and that really bodes well for this year but even more so into the future that's another big takeaway from tonight I feel.
2: Absolutely. Uh, you know, you mentioned a few guys who are kind of notoriously streaky, which is good and bad in some respects, right? When we when when Ozzie is on a tear, he can carry an offense for a couple of weeks. Dansby's the same way. When he goes on a tear, he can really, again, really kind of give you, especially when where you have him in the lineup, and all of a sudden he's hitting for power and, you know, like having multi-hit games and all that. He, he can be a real weapon for this team because when you start having him on base, you know, for those guys like Solaire and freddie and austin riley kind of later on down the lineup and all of a sudden when that lineup turns over and there's good things happening at the bottom of the lineup there's a lot of that that there's that's really an exciting thing to see i will say that you know this is definitely a team that's greater than the sums of some of its parts right like it's a it's a team that really has had to kind of figure out ways to you know Stitch together, win streaks, you know, just get two out of three out of teams that might actually be better than them. And that's just what they have been able to do towards the end of the season here. And that's really been fun to watch. And when we get into the playoffs, all of a sudden everything resets to zero. And when you have guys that are consistently productive, like Freddie, like Austin has been, you know, and you have guys like Charlie Morton. Max Freed, Ian Anderson—that's kind of a, a, a fr- at least the front end of a rotation that you wouldn't be upset at going against anybody's ro- uh, other top three. If you get if these guys like Ozzy and Dansby, maybe even Travis Darno, like he got hot in the playoffs last year. If those guys start getting hot too at the right time, this is a team that could make a run. I'm not necessarily saying that they're going to make a run to the World Series because there's certainly a lot of reasons to suggest that. That they wouldn't, uh, based on you know just what's happened this year and the fact that they're just down so many of their top players. But this team could be really, really interesting and really, really fun to watch once they kind of get going here in the postseason.
0: Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is you know the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away.
1: And you know, when you have four of these division titles in a row, that's right, four in a row, if you're a Mets or Phillies or Marlins or Nationals fan listening. But all kidding aside, when you have four of these in a row, Eric, you start comparing different teams. And I think it's fair to say this team may not be as talented as the teams over the past two years. But one thing that I think, one area where I do think this team does have a bit of an advantage over previous year's versions of itself is two aces. Going into the postseason, you mentioned them: Charlie Morton and Max Freed. Max Freed throwing like he did last year. Charlie Morton throwing one of the best stretches that we've seen from an Atlanta pitcher in quite a while. I get that there may be more talented teams in the playoffs, and this may not be the most talented version of the Braves we've seen over the past few years. But I do think that duo of aces, with how well they're pitching right now, that is one part of this Braves team that may be the strongest we've seen it during this four-year stretch.
2: Oh, absolutely. You know, if we look back to, you know, in twenty twenty, the starting rotation was I mean, Bryce Wilson, Kyle Wright and AJ Minter made starts in the postseason for the Braves last year, right? So these this, it's a it's a bit of a different situation that they are in this year where they can run out Charlie Morton, Ian Anderson, and Max Fried. And those are those three guys you have you know, especially Max and Charlie, have are you have know, a high, high amount of confidence in. You know, and then you have Waskar and Ian who are, again, very capable pitchers in their own right. That's a pretty strong starting rotation going into the playoffs here, you know. And then, again, in, you know, you have 2018 and 2019 where, you know, really, really young staffs or, you know, flawed ones, I mean – when when push came to shove and the Braves absolutely needed to get a win in a playoff series they had to start the the ghost of Dallas Keuchel right so it's a bit of a different situation in terms of kind of what they're starting with on the pitching side uh the the detriments that they have on the offensive side though I think are you know very very significant so I don't want to discount that as kind of like you know this is definitely of the four playoff teams this is the one that I think it's fair to say that I would probably have the the lowest expectations for, but it doesn't take away from anything that they've accomplished this season. And, you know, again, this is against the Brewers. I would probably pick the Braves just simply because of, you know, kind of what we've already talked about is kind of a team that I think matches up well with the Brewers. And I think we'll end up, you know, probably can win a close series with them. Once you get past them though, I mean, it kind of depends a little bit who's, who makes it there, but um, I'm, I'm certainly not, you know, particularly excited about a, a lengthy series against either the Giants or the Dodgers to be sure.
1: Agreed completely, but one thing that does come as a result of the Braves winning the division title tonight, beyond it being the four straight, there's a couple of other benefits. We've obviously talked about in September, it seems like fatigue set in for some of the Braves' main contributors on offense. You now get a week of rest, though they'll play a bit, I'm sure, against the Mets to end the season. You do get that time of rest before the playoffs start for players like Dansby, basically your main offensive contributors as well as Morton and Freed. So that certainly is something significant. But the other thing, Eric, is now that you get basically a full week, you already had an idea that it was going to be the Brewers, but now you don't have the distraction of trying to get the division title clinched. You can fully focus on the matchup with the Brewers, one of the deepest pitching staffs in the majors, both of those benefits from this division title could pay huge dividends for the Braves during the NLDS and perhaps beyond.
2: Oh, and it even goes further than that. They're, they're they're not playing for any seeding or anything like that. They don't have to, and there's no, there's nothing that can happen to kind of alter what their matchups are. It's strictly the Brewers. The Brewers are going to have home field advantage. You don't have to wonder, you know, if you're if you're the top seed, you don't have to be like, is it going to you know, who's coming out of that wild card game, which is looking increasingly like the Dodgers versus the Cardinals. And again, like they can just focus on that. I question how much the, historically this is the, the Braves haven't been particularly great about uh, resting their guys, even late in the season like this, but I would love to see guys like Freddie who got hit with like a hundred mile an hour fastball tonight. I'd love to see him get a day or two. I'd love Dansby. I'd love Ozzy. Just give these guys a, a little bit of a, a breather of kind of going into this, this playoff series next week, because you know, a lot of these guys have like, The Braves have some guys who have like led the league in innings played this year. So like, again, giving Austin Riley an extra day off, giving just some of these guys just a little bit of time just to rest up a little bit. There's a few older players in this um, on this roster. I'm looking at relievers too, guys who have been really worked hard. Uh, Will, Will Smith has not only gotten our heart rates up and taking years off our life, but he's also been pitching a lot this past week or so. So you know, giving you know, maybe staying away from him, staying away from these other guys in the bullpen that you really are gonna need to rely on, like Luke Jackson is kind of a prime example. There's a guy who's just been lights out, uh, except for you know a bit of a blemish tonight. I, again, just I would like to see them get some rest. I question a little bit whether or not how much rest they're going to be giving them, but you know, overall, yes. I mean, considering the fact that everything's locked in, there's nothing's going to change. You can't, you can't, they can't play their way into the two spot and they're certainly not going to, you know, fall into the wild card or anything like that now. So again, it's kind of a good position to be in, in some respects. Uh, I just kind of hope they take advantage of it.
1: And the other thing that I think will be interesting to see that you could get a bit of a indication or more certainty of if you're the Braves, listen, going into a playoff matchup, it's pretty certain that you've got your top three starters in place, which you certainly want to have. You know, Morton or Freed game one, I probably would go Charlie Morton. I probably would line up the playoff rotation like he did against the Phillies in this series. But beyond that, this is an opportunity over the weekend to see which pitchers could fit which roles. Obviously, Will Smith has been a roller coaster in the ninth. Yes, he had a great inning tonight. Obviously, though, you don't have the most confidence in him. You know who your late inning relievers are, but those guys that you can rely on to come in right after your starters in the playoffs, Waskar Yanoa, for instance, those type of guys, you really want to sit here and get them to find roles going into the playoffs. I think that that's one thing to potentially take away from this and Eric I don't mean to put you on the spot but there's been a little bit of talk about a certain pitcher who just made his debut at Gwinnett Mr. Spencer Strider maybe he makes his way onto the playoff rotation before we head out on this edition of the hammer just want to get your thoughts on how some pitchers roles could look over the next few days going into the playoffs and could Spencer Strider make his way into this picture as being an option in the playoffs
2: yeah, I, I did. Uh, I have been kind of at the forefront of the Spencer Strider r- reporting, so I guess it's probably fair that I get to address it a little bit. Uh, he's been pitching out of the bullpen in Gwinnett. Uh, if he does make the playoff roster uh, and it would require th- th- this isn't as simple as just call him up and he's in uh, the Braves would have to petition the league office. He's not he was not on the 40 man he, and he still isn't on the 40 man. To be on the forty man, that would require someone to go on an IL stint, or to transition someone onto the sixty day IL. So, someone like maybe moving Josh Tomlin onto the sixty day IL would do the trick. Uh, Assuming again, they could petition the the league successfully to kind of add Spencer Strider to it. Uh, I am certain that the Braves are entertaining the idea of putting Spencer Strider on the playoff roster. What they end up if they end up doing that is kind of an Certainly not a, a given, but this is a guy who has been lights out all year. We're talking about a guy who, in his relief debut, he was throwing over 100 and, like, made AAA batters look silly. You know, when he can reach back, I mean, he he's a guy who was throwing 96-99 and sitting there late in the games as a starter, and if you can kind of bring him in and let him do some damage in a out of the bullpen, he could be a really exciting piece, and all of a sudden you really kind of, I think, strengthen this bullpen a bit. Is that gonna happen? I don't know. I don't think he's gonna be pitching as a starter or anything like that. I don't see that happening. Uh, I think that what ends up happening is they'll still have guys like you know, Waskar You know, uh, they'll add him as a playoff roster, whether or not they, you know, how much they go to him as a starter or if they could try to do more bullpen games in that fourth spot. You know, it that that that's a little bit different, right? Like it's just and I wouldn't be surprised if the Braves would just, you know, maybe have a short leash beyond Ian Anderson in terms of kind of what they do with that fourth pitcher spot. But again I am not going to be surprised if Spencer Strider ends up on the playoff roster, but it's certainly not a given, and I think they're going to at least give him another appearance at Gwinnett before they make game decisions.
1: So, Eric, are you saying that you would prefer potentially Spencer Strider being out of the bullpen as an option for the Braves in the playoffs than Josh Tomlin starting Game Four in a playoff
2: series? Is that what I'm hearing you're say- you're saying? you are saying? You are correcting that assumption, uh, <laughs> and I mean, there's uh and there's and there's others. Yeah, there's other guys in this bullpen. I mean, like who who is interested in seeing Sean Newcomb in a playoff spot or right now honestly one of the worst relievers in the bullpen right now is Chris Martin and that is not something I would have expected to say he's been really really bad um and again maybe he's just a a combination of maybe he's just you know either mechanically not right maybe he's not completely healthy or you know he's another one of those sticky stuff casualties but you know these are guys that When you're now getting down to every series counts, every games counts, when you're setting your playoff roster is, are those guys that you can afford to carry on your playoff roster? And I'm not so certain that they are, but you have a guy like Spencer Strider, where if he, it's, if it's the, you know, a high levered situation, especially if you have a, a bunch of righties coming up, there aren't that many guys that I would prefer over Spencer Strider in those situations. I will say that much.
1: Yeah, I had mentioned it the other day. I think with Spencer Strider, it's not just obviously the absolute, you know, skyrocket, you know, in his prospect status, but there's another layer that he brings to the bullpen with that velocity. I think you slot him in the bullpen, he instantly is your hardest thrower, with probably some of your best strikeout potential, at least up there with Tyler Madzek or Luke Jackson. So that certainly would be something to see. And you have to feel confident that if the Braves want to give themselves the best chance to make the most of this postseason, season why not have as many different looks or options out of the bullpen as you can it certainly seems spencer strider could do exactly that eric i know you uh, have many hats uh, in the ring when it comes to the baseball season it's becoming the peak of the baseball season with the playoffs over the weekend i'm sure you'll be busy what all can folks following the braves and it will be daily dish wherever you may be what can folks look forward to as far as what you have in the works leading up to the playoffs
2: uh, well, obviously, the, the first place you look is TalkingChop.com, and I think that our fearless leader Chris Willis has already outlined uh, our kind of our preview type uh, schedule for what we're going to be doing starting early next week in terms of what's be going up on the site, and that includes, you know, like previewing the the series matchups that we the regular season matchups the Brewers have had against the Braves, and then kind of going breaking down what the playoff rosters are, breaking down the matchups. You know what looks good, what looks bad. We, uh, I'm sure Ivan's going to be putting together his articles about you know like how the how the Brewers could win and how the Braves could win. All that content's going to be going up on TalkingChop.com. Uh, we are already in the works, also on the the Talking Chop flagship podcast show. Uh, I am going to be on that show Sunday evening along with Brad Rowland, uh, and it sounds like Scott Coleman's going to be able to make the show as well. So that'll be a three way show where we talk about wrapping up the season and kind of looking ahead a little bit to the the Brewers series, and then about probably around midweek is when we'll do another podcast as well uh, as the kind of the talking shop flagship show, uh, which will be on this very feed. Make sure you subscribe, leave five-star reviews and all that stuff. You'll get this show, the Daily Hammer hosted by the great Sean Coleman, uh, as well as the talking shop flagship show and uh, a little show called Road to Atlanta that I have appeared on from time to time, uh, which covers the minor leagues. But, you know, and then about midweek we'll do kind of the series preview show when our predictions with uh, Brad Scott and myself as well, by midweek. And that's kind of what the, that's where things start is just kind of getting all that preview content out there. And after that, after every playoff game, there's going to be a podcast on this feed. Uh, I will not be around oddly enough for the first, uh, the first round of the playoffs, uh, at least not in terms of podcast form. I have a previously planned uh, family vacation but uh, I am certain that the guys will take care, of it, uh, take care of things in my absence. And if something particularly crazy goes on, uh, I'm planning on bringing my equipment around just in case something happens and I need to jump on. But for the most part, uh, once, that, once that preview content happens, uh, I'm kind of leaving it to the, the rest of you guys to hold down the fort. But I'm quite certain you guys will do a great job.
1: And then besides all the, obviously, the, the responsibilities that you have with the great coverage that you provide, Eric, I'll just ask you one last question. It's once again locked up that the Braves are headed to the playoffs. You've been through this so many times before, but it gets more and more exciting. It's, you, you never get tired of it as a Braves fan, especially when you get to cover them to whatever extent it may be. It's a special time of season that always brings a new level of excitement.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, It's definitely a different world now when, you know, when we were writing recaps where, you know, the highlight was Jace Peterson going one for four with a double against the team and the Braves losing eight to two. Uh, Back in the, when I was starting in 2015 and 2016, it was all about the minor leagues and about these guys coming up. And now we're getting to see the fruits of all that labor with these guys really showing out the major league level and each, each story, it's each season's own different story, right? You know, in 2018, it was the return to form and all these young guys, you know, coming together and, you know, finally getting a, a division title. 2019, again, just kind of a different situation that kind of ended in heartbreak. 2020, they basically <laughs> made the run to the, the the championship series without a starting rotation for most of the se- season. And you, you got to see guys, you know, kind of starting to come in their own and Ronald Acuna Jr. starting to really kind of make his – I guess, make his uh, his imprint on the world as one of the best players in baseball with Freddie winning MVP. And then this season, again, losing all these guys on the offensive side of the ball and still coming out and figuring out a way to win the division. Just every season's different. The, the, the stories themselves are what's important. And just kind of looking back on all of it, it's been a ton of fun. I've really thoroughly enjoyed this season and just kind of this overall run that they've been on, and it's been a pleasure to cover it. His name
1: is Eric Cole. Again, Eric, it was a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you for so much of the insight. I'm sure you all already do, but you can follow Eric at L E P L E P R E K H A N at Leprechaun. Obviously, one of the best follows on Brave Twitter, always great content. Eric, if you'll stick around just for a second with us after the show. But thank you so much for making the time to join us tonight. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So his name's Eric Cole. My name's Sean Coleman. All of us cannot wait here at Talking Chop to give you the best coverage that we can provide. All the great things that Eric mentioned. Of course, it will be the second show for Battery Power, the new YouTube show through Talking Chop with Grant McCauley and Corey McCartney. A great debut show. They'll have you covered as well here at the lock. The talk Talking Chop podcast network, The Daily Hammer, Talking Chop, Road to Atlanta, and all the great written content at TalkingChop.com. My name's Sean Coleman. Thank you, Eric Cole, for joining us. It's been a great edition of The Daily Hammer. Have a great weekend. Go Braves, and we'll talk to you next week. Getting ready for another playoff run with the Braves.
0: Learn more today at sas.com slash viya.